Welcome to the Wayside Podcast. The audio for this episode comes from one of the sermons given this past Sunday. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by what you hear. Let me pray for us. Gracious and heavenly Father, may the words that I speak be light and truth that draws us ever more closely into your presence. We ask this in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Two longtime friends, an Episcopal priest and a Baptist minister, they get into a discussion about baptism. Imagine that. The Episcopal priest tells his Baptist friend, so let me get this straight. You believe a person isn't baptized until they are fully immersed in water? Is that correct? The Baptist minister says, of course, that's correct. No pouring, no sprinkling, none of that stuff. So the Episcopal priest says, well, so if a person walked into a stream up to their ankles, that wouldn't count as an actual baptism. The Baptist minister says, no, not at all. No baptism happened. And so the Episcopal priest says, what what if they got uh, wet up past their knees? Nope, still not good enough. Or if they waded in up to their waist, would you consider them being baptized? No, no, no. What what don't you understand about immersion? Okay, 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 said the Episcopal priest. I'm I'm sorry, I'm just a little slow. Coffee hasn't kicked in yet. I really do want to understand what you're talking about. Thank you for your patience. Just a couple of more questions. What if they were immersed up to their chest? Are they considered baptized? Nope. Neck? Does the neck count? Nope. Eyeballs? Does the eyeballs count? Nope. No, they have to be fully immersed. Well, I think I understand now, says the Episcopal priest. As it turns out, you and I agree after all. And so the Baptist minister says, what are you you talking about? How is it possible that you and I agree unless you finally see the error of your ways and you are convinced that immersion is the only way for baptism to be properly administered. The Episcopal priest says, no, on the contrary, you gave me great evidence against it. I did. The Episcopal priest says, you sure did. You convinced me that getting your feet wet doesn't make one baptized, getting wet up to your knees or your waist doesn't make one baptized, being even up to your chest or your neck or your eyeballs. In water, doesn't make one baptized. And so the Baptist minister says, so? And the Episcopal priest says, so you're only baptized if it's water on the head, which is what I do. (laughs) Today we observe the Festival of All Saints, which is also a wonderful day to baptize children into the Christian faith. It's a sacrament in our tradition. And in this sacrament of baptism, the celebrant, in this case for us, our rector, he poured water upon the forehead of a child, and then he uttered these words, I baptize you in the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now, the water and the words, these two things, they are the outward, the visible signs that we see and hear in the sacrament of this baptism. But guess what? After those outward signs happened, we also believe that something spiritually miraculous happened, something beyond the eyes that we have, something beyond 
the ears that we have, something beyond our senses. We believe that in this sacrament, as the prayer book reminds us, that God united this little boy and girl, made this little boy or girl one with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. In the same way as a husband and a wife become one flesh in the bonds of marriage, so too in the bonds of baptism, each child becomes united. They become one with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Do you know what the greatest gift is it that we have that we as parents can give to our children? The greatest gift that you and I as parents can give to our children is to introduce them to Jesus Christ. In a world that is quickly passing away, in a society that deteriorates and crumbles morally, ethically, and socially, what greater gift? What greater gift, greater than a wonderful neighborhood and a good home to grow up in, greater than a good school education, greater than even a fully funded 529? What greater gift can be given to our children than to introduce them as little sheep of the great good shepherd, Jesus Christ himself? What greater gift than to introduce our children to become beloved lambs of the pure and spotless Lamb of God. The greatest gift that we can give to our children is to be made one, is to be united with Jesus Christ our Lord. But what does that mean? What does it mean to be united with Jesus Christ our Lord? The famous German Lutheran reformer and theologian Martin Luther, he put it this way. He said, to be united with Christ means that where Christ is, there also I shall be. Now we're going to try something, okay, which I haven't often done from this pulpit, but we're going to try today. I want you to repeat it with me. That where Christ is. There also I shall be. One more time. That where Christ is, there also I shall be. So the famous uh, uh, German Lutheran reformer and theologian Martin Luther, he said to be united with Christ means this, that where Christ is, there also I shall be. Where is Christ right now? As we said in our Apostles' Creed just a few moments ago, he ascended into heaven. And right now, he is seated at the right hand of his Father. Through his death and resurrection, he sits victoriously and triumphantly as a conquering warrior and a reigning king. And beneath his feet lies defeated sin and death. That's where Christ is. And that's where you and I also are. In other words, to be united with Christ means that although while on this earth we experience the powers of sin and death and deterioration seeking to take advantage of us, to assault us, to destroy us, although while on this earth we experience the pain and suffering of earthly life, things like disease, heartbreak, burdens, 
worries, cares. Which one of us doesn't have one of those? Although this is our earthly perspective, we know from a spiritual perspective, because you and I have been united with Jesus Christ, that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. We have been given his divine power to be seated with him in the heavenly realms with sin and death and all of the power of our suffering defeated under our feet as well. Where he is, there also we shall be. So what does this mean for us today? You see, what this means for us today is that we should teach our children not to feel like they are powerless victims of a world that is slowly crumbling and deteriorating. We should teach our children that they are not powerless victims of the corrupting ideologies of this world that seek to devour and destroy them. But rather, even though they are lambs, they have the divine power of the resurrected Jesus flowing through their veins. They have the power of Jesus Christ to defend and protect themselves against anything that seeks to devour and destroy them. We as a church should be teaching the next generation biblical and Christ-like morals, values, and ethics. It could be about everything. Be it about sexuality and gender, be it about who to marry or not to marry, be it about treating people from all backgrounds, all cultures, all walks and persuasions of life as those created in the image of God, be it about the spiritual virtues of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all these things. We should be teaching them that because they have Christ's divine power in them. We are not victims anymore of the world that encompasses us. We are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. So this challenge, if you will, this call, if you will, is for all those of us who have been baptized. It doesn't matter if you were baptized just a few minutes ago or if you were baptized decades ago. It doesn't matter if you were baptized and you remembered it or you did not remember it. If you were baptized, this is true of your life as well. This sacrament that we received is both gift and call. The gift is that we are now reigning with Christ. We are seated above in the heavenly places, far above everything that can destroy us. But the call, the call is to not be a victim of all the suffering in the world. The call is to overcome it through the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord, to have faith in him that he is our good shepherd and we are his sheep. And though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we have nothing to fear for he is always with us. Let me pray for us. Gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that through this baptism, through the sacrament of baptism, you give us the power of your Holy Spirit. Teach us, O oh God, to lean into him, to know and to believe, O oh God, that we are seated with you in the heavenly places, 
far above all things that seek to destroy us. And with that belief of God, give us the faith to know that we can overcome all the things that seek to destroy and corrupt us in this life. Teach us, O God, to follow you, our great good shepherd, all the days of our life. We ask all this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. The Wayside Podcast is a ministry of St. Martin's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas. It was created by Ryan Presley and the Reverend Wesley Arning. Be sure to rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen to us. This helps more folks discover our podcast. If you'd like to know more about St. Martin's, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.